chapter 3 and verse, beginning at verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear, bear fruits worthy of repentance. I do not think to say to yourself, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. From that we're going to go to the book of John, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 4. Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my Father is the, is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes that it may bear forth more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord. As we come right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, God, and we praise you for your word, your word which is a lamp to our feet and a light into our path. Hallelujah. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, speak to us, God, from your word today, God. Hallelujah. In the holy, mighty name of Jesus, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. This is the third message that I have uh, attempted to bring to you on a series, Maturing in Faith. We need to learn how to mature and to grow in the faith of God. Um, Just let me say this before I go on. If we allow ourselves to grow in the Spirit of God. There's no reason that we should have sickness among us. Hallelujah. There's no reason why that we should have to battle some of the battles that we battle day by day. Hallelujah. Because God is our victory. He is our victory. Amen. And it comes to growing up in the faith and maturing in the faith. We all start out as babes in Christ. We all start out as, as babes and we grow and we begin, uh, begin to develop. Amen. And we need, we need to grow in Him and to... Allow His Spirit to take full dominion in our lives. Now, what I want to talk about today, I need to deal with an issue about producing fruit pleasing to God and the danger of barrenness in regards to spiritual life. I'm talking about, and if I had a title to give to you today, the fate of a barren tree. We need to understand as children of God that God will not tolerate barrenness among His bride. Come on, somebody. 
Amen. And there is a fate for every tree that remains barren. And I just read to you uh, two scriptures, one in Matthew and one in John. Amen. It had something to do that. Now, this is a statement of biblical fact that has always proved true, and it will continue to prove true as long as the church is in operation on this earth. If you have the new life abiding in you, it will produce fruit of that new life. I was amazed this morning as I cut on the radio and I was listening to Brother Cochran. A lot of the things that he was saying went right along with what God was putting upon my heart for the message for today. Uh, I couldn't believe... I couldn't believe what this guy was was saying who came on the radio right before you, brother. But we've got people today telling people just bald out face lies. Hallelujah. That uh, about uh, about Christians and all we got to do is just just believe and um, uh, and we might not uh, uh, live a life of a Christian but yet we still be saved. Folks, that 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 is straight from the pits of hell. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That's what's got this world bound up in the shape it is today. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is a statement of biblical fact. If you've got new life abiding in you, you're going to produce fruit of that new life, and there's no exceptions to the rule. Amen. Either we are saved or we're not saved. Either we're living for God or we're not living for God. Hallelujah. And evidently, all of us need to come up a little bit higher. Amen. Or we would see these gifts of the Spirit in operation and people being healed, set free and delivered like God intended. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Listen to me. I, and I, I want you to know, I'm, I'm not mad right now. I'm not upset about nothing. Uh, Sister Darlene and I didn't have any kind of argument before we came to church this morning. Hallelujah. So I don't want it heard said like I have heard it said in times past when, when God would put a message on me. It kind of got back me a day, got back to me a little day or two. Well, and, and I think there's been a couple times they've even asked Sister Pruitt, said, well, Brother Sammy, mad or what? Hallelujah. Well, I'm not mad. Look at here. Amen. I'm a jolly old guy. Hallelujah. But there's something we have to understand. If you have experienced true repentance, there will be evidence of that repentance, a visible change in your conduct, in your appearance, and even in the desires. Hallelujah. If you ran around half naked on the beach before you got saved and you claimed to be baptized in Jesus' name and Holy Ghost filled and you still do it, you ain't been true saved. If you used to drink and carouse around and, and hit dope and do it all back before you were baptized and you're still doing it, there ain't been no change in your life. Whoa, hallelujah. Now, hallelujah, I wasn't expecting this to hit me like this today. But if you have experienced true repentance, I'm not talking about this stuff that the, this modern church world is trying to get people into today. I'm talking about a true experience. 
of repentance, there's going to be evidence of that in your life. There's going to be a visible. Look at your neighbor and say, people can look at you and tell. Hallelujah. How many times have I heard people from our congregation and other people testify that when they come to know the Lord, even though they hadn't said anything much to nobody on the job or what else, people around them have been noticed there's something different. Hey, what's wrong? What's different about so-and-so? They can't figure it out. Hallelujah. Because there is a visible change in their conduct. Now listen, please don't take this pastor wrong today. And somebody mentioned it earlier. I, uh, I don't know if it was Brother Bobby who it was. But last night, a lady with a tremendous talent given to her by God at just 48 years old left this world and went out of here simply because the lifestyle that she chose. Hey, I think the lady had a beautiful voice. She was talented. They didn't they didn't say anything a whole lot about it last night before we get to it, but when I got up this morning and I began to look around on news, they her body bodyguard found her around three thirty in the afternoon drowned in her own bathtub with empty pill bottles scattered around everywhere. The speculation is that she just got a little bit too high or whatever, and she just drowned herself in the, in, in the tub. They said they was going to um, uh, uh, have more information later. What, what upsets me is she was another one who got her start in the church house. Her mama was a gospel singer. The first songs that Whitney Houston sung was in a church giving glory to God. Remember that tug of war? But on one side, the bright lights and the fame and the money kept tugging. And she let go of the spiritual heritage that she had. And now, she's found herself down a a dead-end road with no way out. No, I'm not... I'm not judging her. I'm not her judge. We God, God, God does that. But what I'm saying is, folks, the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a just God. 
We cannot allow ourselves to be pulled by our flesh, to be pulled by the world, be pulled by the devil, to where we let go of what God, hallelujah, and the church today, we've let go of so much. We walked away from so much. And that's how come we cannot get healing every time there needs to be healing in the body of Christ. That's why some people have to seek for the Holy Ghost time. Let me tell you something. I don't, you, maybe you just disagree. I don't know. And, 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 that's, and that's fine. But I do not believe that the Bible teaches nowhere now in dispensation that we, that we need to tarry for the Holy Ghost. He told them to go to Jerusalem and you tarry till you be endued with power from on high. They did. It fell. Now the Holy Ghost is here today in the church age. And if you obey, you don't have to beg for it. All you got to do is receive it because He said, Ye shall. My Lord. My Lord. Hallelujah. But we've got a lot of barren fruit trees in God's orchard today. There's going to be a visible change of our conduct, appearance, and our desires. That's why John the Baptist refused to baptize the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they had no fruit of repentance. Hallelujah. Now understand this. Please understand this. Baptism never has and never will change a defiled heart. Listen to what I've finished. Let me finish before you make a, uh, a judgment about that. Baptism never has and never will change a defiled heart. Baptism is a burial of what has died. And if it hasn't died, praise God, and you bear it anyway, and you bear it alive, it's going to crawl its way up out of the grave and start walking again. Can somebody say hello? He'll be back. Glory to God. Amen. Baptism is a burial. That's what the book says. We are buried with Him with baptism in the likeness of His death. But if you bury something that ain't died, if you bury something still breathing, that the heart's still beating, it's going to crawl its way up out of that tomb. Woo! Hallelujah! It's the truth anyhow. This explains why that we baptize some, but we never see them again in the church. Hallelujah! There's no other explanation. It's perfectly explainable. We baptize many that we never even see come again. We, what is it? We have buried something that has not died. Hallelujah. We buried something that has not died. Now, I think I think I'd have to, and many of us got to I say ouch, amen on this. But we Pentecostals have a bad habit of doing that. Hallelujah. We got a bad habit, amen, of doing that. See, in our enthusiasm, 
to reach the lost, we high pressure, we use high pressure tactics like some kind of salesman. Amen. High pressure tactics. Somebody into going ahead and getting baptized while their unrepentant heart is still beating. Hallelujah. I believe power in Jesus' name. I believe the blood in Jesus' name. But if I take somebody down in Jesus' name who has not died out in repentance and has not died out the sin and that old carnal heart is still beating, glory to God, I don't care how many times I take them under, glory to God, you cannot bury something that's not dead. It is the will and purpose of God for every born-again believer to bear good fruit. And if there is no growth and maturing of the tree to where it produces fruit, he eventually will uproot the tree and cast it away. That's what he says. We read that. It is imperative that we are reproducers of the spiritual life that is within us if we desire to overcome and endure till the end. End. Hallelujah. Now there's a couple things. There's going to be a couple things that I need to talk about this. Number one is the fruit reveals the tree. The fruit reveals the tree. I want to go to Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 33 through 37. He said, Either make the tree good and it's fruit good, or else make the tree bad, and it's fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. John the Baptist told them, Sadducees and Pharisees, I'm looking at your fruit. You're coming here telling me you're an apple tree, but it don't look like you got apples hanging from you. Hello, somebody. Looks more like sour grapes to me. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. The tree is known by its fruit. He said, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. My, 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 folks, this is tight, but it's right. Hallelujah. A good man, listen to this now. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Let me tell you something, folks. You better believe you better bite that tongue. Hallelujah. Whether or not you're saying it in person or whether or not you're typing it in on Facebook. Hello, somebody. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Listen to me. All fruit-bearing trees are distinguished by the type of fruit they produce. And so is everyone born of the Spirit of God. In the text, Jesus says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bring forth good things. Now, this past week, I've mentioned Facebook already. Sometimes you can find some good things every now and then on there. 
But this past week, I was looking over various posts made by different people when I came across this post. You can teach what you know, but you produce what you are. Think about that for a moment. You can, you can teach what you know, but you can produce only what you are. No truer words have been spoken. You can't reproduce what you are not. Amen. If you are, listen, hallelujah. Glory to God. I better pull out my car keys and get somebody start my car and get it running. Hallelujah. We might have to have a quick getaway right here. But listen to me. If you are a deceiver, then your life will produce deception. Hallelujah. If you are a gossiper, then your life is going to produce tail-bearing and false accusations. Hello, somebody. If you are self-serving, your life will produce arrogance. But... (laughs) But if you are humble, then your life will produce humility. I I can teach you anything I want to teach you, but there's no way my life can produce something I'm not. Neither can you. If you are humble, then your life will produce humility. If you are merciful, you will produce forgiveness. If Can I go on? If you are righteous, your life will produce holiness. Hallelujah! You hear some of these smart people, they like to use that scripture. Oh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you producing holiness? Not like what our founding pastor used to say all the time. Instead of wholeness, we got a whole mess. Glory to God. (laughs) If there's been a righteous change in your heart, you're going to produce holiness. You're going to talk right. You're going to walk right. You're going to think right. Hallelujah. You're going to love not only those who love you, but you're going to love those that do bad things against you. You're going to forgive them even if they'll never come to you for forgiveness. Sometimes in an orchard, there will be bad trees. Trees with no fruit or fruit that are overcome with some kind of disease. Who although produce nothing of value, yet they take up the water and the fertilizer meant for the producing trees. Listen to what Jude had to say about it in verse 12. He said, These are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withered without fruit twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at Jude. 
Hallelujah. There's going to be evidence if there's anything real there. Hallelujah. There's going to be evidence there. Amen. We can put on all the kind of pretense and show we want to. I learned, I, I learned something several years ago when I was called for jury duty in Ashland City. And uh, when I got called and they contacted us, they said, pack you a bag and bring it with you because if you get chosen for this jury, this is going to be a sequestered jury. That means that once we got in there, we weren't going to get out again until it was over with. We was under guard by the sheriff's patrol. They sent us down, kept us in a motel. Well, lo and behold, I got chosen. First time for I ever served on the jury, and I got I had to be on one that was sequestered. I couldn't call home, couldn't have no contact with nobody. It was a murder trial. After they got after they got the twelve chosen, uh, they told us what we had to do, and then we went off in the, in a jury room. Uh, to they, they said we needed to go in there and, and pick a foreman of the uh, of the jury and all that kind of stuff, and, and had a certain amount of time to do that. Come back up, the uh, trial was going to start. Went in there and sat. Sat down, and uh, everybody was looking one another. And they says, "Well, we gotta, we gotta pick a, a foreman for the jury." And nobody knew anybody, and they didn't know what to do. Sitting around, somebody, somebody spoke up and says, "That guy sitting right there, and he's pointing at me. Says he looks like he's got some leadership potential." I says, "Hey, what?" Somebody else. Then the lady spoke up. She says, "Yes." She says, "I don't know what it is about you." She says, "But I think you ought to be the uh, be all the foreman over this." And I'm sitting there. I don't want to do this. I ain't never been involved in this before. I'm not. I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, but as we went back in, and everything was said, and we sat there, and uh, I had me a little notepad with an ink pen. Some of the there was a, one or two other jurors doing the same thing, but there were several of them. They, they they didn't think about taking notes, where they could keep up with what each person said and all that stuff, so they would know when it was time to go back to deliberate. And uh, as the trial progressed, <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord God, that's not the rapture. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't answer that. I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Pastor's getting an email. Hallelujah. We started listening to the uh, to the what they call the proof or the evidence. And the def- on the defense side, that that uh um uh, uh defense attorney man he gets up, and I mean, he did what he gets paid for. 
I mean, he just brings everything out, you know. Just I mean, this 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 person is a walking angel, and all this stuff, you know. And they had they had the kind of uh, uh, people come up to 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 witness and everything, be a witness. Hallelujah! And I think God put me through that, allowed me to go through that, so to to teach me something. Folks, we need to always remember there's always a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. And people can talk a good talk. But do they got the evidence to back it up? Every time I wrote down a name, amen, and I, and, uh, and, and I would uh, jot down something that the person said as proof, then out to the side I says, was their evidence substantial? And some of them I could say yes, some of them I could say no. And I'm here to tell you, folks, hallelujah, we need to be careful in this day and hour that we're living in. Uh, a lot of people just looking for one man to come on the scene, one Antichrist. But the Word of God says there are many Antichrists out in the world. And they was even out then when he wrote the book. I know it's hard sometimes to believe that somebody got an ulterior motive, man. I, I don't. I don't like to try. I don't like to doubt nobody. Whatever. I try to like, try to keep take people at their word. But there's sometimes you got to listen to what the Holy Ghost says because they don't have the evidence to back up their statement. And folks, if we go around making uh, decisions based on faulty evidence then a murderer is going to walk free and somebody that's not guilty is going to be put, put away. Come on, somebody. Let me talk to you the second part, and I'm going to close. I want to talk about God's mercy and long-suffering. Now, sometimes, as I said, in an orchard, there's going to be bad trees. There's going to be trees with no fruit. There's going to be trees that produce fruit that, that, that are diseased, get some kind of blight or something like that. And the time will come, those trees will have to be cut down. That's a scripture that I read. But you see, God, God is long-suffering, not one that any should perish. Can you say amen? Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9, he also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up this ground? But he said, But he answered and said unto him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that you can cut it down. Somebody say, thank God for grace. God's not willing that he should perish, but all should come to repentance. Sometimes I hear people make the statement, how come some folks get to hear the gospel time and time again when people in foreign lands never have heard it one time? Why does God still allow him? Because of God's long-suffering. Because of his mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. There's already been enough preaching done to save this whole world. Hallelujah. There's been enough preaching done, amen, a long time ago to save this whole world. 
Amen. But everybody's not saved. But guess what? God is still bidding people to come. He's still got some fruit trees that are barren. And He lets you come to the house of God to hear another message, to hear another word, to, to experience the flow of the Spirit and the Holy Ghost. Amen. That hopefully, through all of that pouring water on you and fertilizing, amen, and digging around and doing all that, hopefully, oh, there's a bud. There's a bud. Hallelujah. That's how come we have to be patient with people. That's how come we have to be long-suffering. Because although we may have forgotten, there's been a, long, a lot of times in my life, Brother Joe, that God's had to put up with me a whole lot. Hallelujah. How many times have I had to go to God and ask God to forgive me for something He's already forgiven me for before? And here I find myself back begging for mercy again. Hallelujah. That's why that we need to show love and mercy and forgiveness. Hallelujah. Because until Jesus Christ comes, there's still hope. Maybe you might see a tree, amen, that's been there in God's orchard, and God's orchard is the church. And you said, I, I hadn't seen no fruit there. I hadn't seen no fruit there. God is still hoping through the Holy Ghost, that one day there might be a bud. Hallelujah. Something might come up. Something might develop. That's, you, you could put the same thing with a wheat in the tares. We can't go around trying to, trying to dig up the tares. God's going to take care of that. Hallelujah. God's going to be the one with the axe in His hand cutting down the tree. Hallelujah. Amen. But we have got to understand, and I'm saying this in closing, that there's a fate awaiting for the trees that don't bear fruit. Oh, God, make us fruitful. God, make us fruitful. Let's stand together right now. Hallelujah. Glory. Bow your head with me in prayer. Mighty God, as we come to you today, Lord, I felt heavily impressed and strong as you was giving me the words of this message. I hope, Lord, that I've said something in, in my weak way to speak to those to understand that we've got to have some fruit. We've got to have some evidence that we've got inside what we say we do and claim we do. And Lord, I'm asking you, God, that you will help us, Lord, through your Spirit and through your Word, through the fivefold ministry, that you will equip us and help us to bear fruit and to make you pleasing in our life. Help us, Lord, when we look at other fruit trees that are barren or have some disease or blight. Let us not be too willing to chop down the tree, but do what we can to help nurture that so a bud will come forth and a fruit pleasing to you. 
because all souls are precious in your sight. And God, we pray again as we dismiss for Sister Shelley, God, that you would touch her, heal her and deliver from this problem and this pain in her side. Where let, let them find out what it is, Lord, once and for all. In the holy, mighty name of Jesus, let the church say, Amen. God bless you. We love you in the Lord. I, I appreciate your attendance, uh, attention as we ministered today. Remember again our fellowship meeting uh, Friday night.